Nothing is more gay than this. Everyone's so gay. Everyone's so hot. There is absolutely something for everyone. Yep, that's a queer vibe. <laughs> she is gay. <laughs> Incredible. I'm like, this does not feel heterosexual at no. all. <laughs> this is a gay movie. Hello and welcome to The Gaily Planet, a podcast where two queer nerds talk about media we love. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about the much requested movie that we talk about on this here podcast, The Barbie Movie. The Barbie Movie. Oh my gosh, you all have been chomping at the bit for us to talk about this from like the day it came out. <laughs> Like, Instagram DMs just full of people being like, will you talk about the Barbie movie? And me being like, yes, but, like, we have to take notes. Like, <laughs> can't talk about it yet. Yeah. So, but now we can. Yeah. Now that it is available for renting on the places that you rent movies now. Yeah, here we are. But before we get into our incredible discussion about Barbie, we just have, I'm like, pledge drive news. Uh... Do you know that this podcast is 100% listener supported? And without your financial support, we literally couldn't do this job because this is Lark's only job. And Lark is doing the job of five different podcast work <laughs> in one. Uh, he's our producer, editor, social media manager, business manager. I feel like wrangling me as someone who's ADHD is a whole other job. Um <laughs> No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Uh, Patreon manager, like all of the things. Merch, both merch manager and designer. And yeah, there's not a big team. It's literally just the two of us. (laughs) Yeah, sure is. (laughs) Um, So if you like to continue to hear us in your ears and don't want Lark to have to get a day job where we could not do this podcast anymore please consider joining our Patreon. We start off at $3 and you can get all of our Patreon stuff. Oh, I want to say really quick, tomorrow, tomorrow as of the day that you are all listening to this episode, is Jesse's birthday. (laughs) So like, you know, maybe join our Patreon as a birthday present for Jesse. That'd be cool. If you're ever like, wow, I wish I could give Jesse an awesome birthday gift. Joining our Patreon would be an excellent birthday gift. Also leaving us reviews. My plan that I have not told you yet is that (laughs) on Instagram for your birthday, I'm going to be like, all right, you're turning 38, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to split that in half and be like, what is that? 14? We're looking for 14. No, it's not. Half 30 is 15. Half eight is four. 19. All right, cool. Um, you're going to get 19 new patrons and 19 new reviews for your birthday. That's my goal, if you're okay with that. I am definitely okay with that. Yeah. Uh, if you, for various reasons, cannot uh, contribute financially, please leave us a review, a five-star review on Apple iTunes. And people will then know that this is a great podcast and will listen to us and Hopefully one of those people will be rich. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, written reviews specifically are super helpful. And yeah, it would make us really happy. And it is just so that we're all clear. Like, I legitimately need to make more money than I'm currently making. Also, Jesse does make some of the money. I don't want it to sound like (laughs) I I get all of the money. We do split the money according to uh, time. So it's not just me. And, like, that's that's definitely not, like, an insignificant part of your uh, life, too, so. That is true. It does it does uh, pay my rent, which literally keeps me able to continue to make this podcast. Precisely. Uh, and, like, honestly, folks, like, can you put a price on never having to listen to an ad either before, after, in the middle of a podcast that's, like, three minutes long and about fucking Squarespace? Or worse, BetterHelp. Oh, God, we yeah. We will never, ever try to sell you BetterHelp. <laughs> Please do not subscribe That's to BetterHelp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to wrap this up, if you're tired of listening to this, ask for money. 
give give us some money. <laughs> it's just like NPR. <laughs> it's like no one likes PBS or NPR pledge drive. And then it's like you just have to give them money and they'll stop pledging. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah. And I did, I guess, want to just be like, because I feel like financial transparency um, just so there's like a point of context after taxes, I'm currently making like $16,000 a year. So Ooh, yikes. I'm not asking for no reason, you know? Yeah. My goal, what I'm aiming for with this increase is to get to like $24,000 a year. <laughs> so, and I live in the eighth most expensive city in the U.S. So yeah, that's all. All right. Well, um, thank you for not fast forwarding through this. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. <laughs> at least we're cute while we ask for money. I feel like we're pretty good at being amusing while we do it. Yeah, definitely uh, less irritating than ninety nine percent of the ads I listen to in podcasts. <laughs> totally. Uh, and we're not even faking it. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Now I'm going to tell everyone what Barbie is about. The Barbie movie is about Barbie, a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world. Life is fantastic made of plastic until suddenly it isn't. (laughs) Turns out someone is playing with her in a way that is making her think about death and get cellulite and it's just awful. So she heads to the real world to figure out what's going on and her annoying boyfriend Ken stows away in her pink convertible so now he's coming too. Barbie and Ken learn about patriarchy, which horrifies Barbie and delights Ken. Mattel learns that Barbie is loose and is trying to stop her. But Barbie can... I feel like I changed tenses there. Whatever. But Barbie connects with the mom and daughter duo who brought her here in the first place, and they escape back to Barbie land, only Ken turned it into the patriarchy while they were gone. So now they have to deprogram all the Barbies and get the Kens to turn on each other so that feminism can reign once again. After the epic song and dance sequence, Ken learns to be Knuff, and Barbie decides to be a real girl in the real world. The end. And today's headlines. Despite being about a beloved children's toy, this movie is in fact not for children. (laughs) Disagree. I think this movie is for children. (laughs) I Okay, I think... I feel like preteens and up, I feel like I'm not really... I mean, I think that there are things like a younger child would get out of this, but I feel like this is definitely a movie for, like, millennials? I don't know. And, like, Gen X, like... (laughs) I think it's a family movie in a way that we don't really get family movies anymore. Uh, What is it rated? I actually don't know. Is it PG-13? It is PG. I think this is the first PG Barbie... It's actually the first PG Barbie movie. Because there's a bunch of, like, animated movies, but... um, Oh, that are, like, rated G. Yeah. This is the first PG. (laughs) I think that's right. I think that this... This is... Okay. You know what? We'll talk about this in editorials, because Mm -hmm. I actually have a lot of excited things to say about this being a family movie. All right. um, Yeah, but first, we are going to start with the front page, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah, please start. Uh, I think... Like so many others, I am like, yes, I would like Beach to be my job. Oh, my God. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I am a triple water sign. I deserve for Beach to be my job. You know, truly. You truly do. Oh, yeah. The dream. Truly. Um, Anyway, I like that this movie starts with a beautiful... 2001 a space odyssey oh my god i know i think i literally screamed when we were watching this for the first time because i'm just like are you fucking kidding were you in a theater uh no we're at the drive-in so i'm just screaming in the car next to the okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like such a you know because honestly in 2023 i feel like the subset of people who are going to see the Barbie movie and have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey enough times to get the reference is a very reasonably small group of people. Unless uh, you're a young, impressionable 19-year-old talking to a dude you have a crush on, and they're like, let me talk about how much I love Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Right. Or unless you have a... uh, cool dad tm which is how i watched 2001 a space odyssey because it is peak cool dad movie material you know yeah i think i actually did watch it on my own before i watched a lot of, a lot of other table kubrick movies because i had a, this crush this dude i had a crush on was obsessed with kubrick 
but I'm like, oh, it's weird sci-fi. I'm going to watch it, but it's very yeah. slow. Weird. It's so <laughs> slow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Though I do think a lot of people have know about it from, like, cultural osmosis because it's referenced in... It's the kind of thing where, like, everything I know about The Godfather I learned from Animaniacs and not from watching The Godfather, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people know the reference, but not from actually having watched <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yeah. And good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my next thing is... <laughs> I, too, have ruined a party by asking Dunner questions about, like, hey, do y'all think about the <laughs> impermeance of the human body? Same. Oh, my God. Oh, is there, like, a more, I feel like, what a relatable, what a relatable <laughs> joke. <laughs> sure oh, is. Oh my God. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So my next note is that... Is, is Ryan Reynolds stereotypical, Ken? Is that how we should refer to him? Oh, do you mean what's this? Ugh, is that not who it is? No, it's, Wait, Ryan, in this it's movie? Ryan Gosling. You were close. Sure. Okay, cool. Oh, everyone. I'm really bad at actors, in case you don't know this. Um, I'm going to have the hardest time with this movie because I feel like you really need to know who the actors are because everyone has the same name. Um, and I know who like five of these people are. All right. Yeah. Is Ryan Gosling stereotypical, Ken? He sure is. Okay, so that's how we're calling him. I think stereotypicals Ken problem is that he appears to be the only straight Ken in all of Barbie Land. <laughs> and even that's a little bit like, mm. I actually wrote not gay Ken because he <laughs> like probably is bisexual almost yeah. certainly, but like he's the only Ken here who's actually like vying for a woman's affection, and like that's the source of all of his problems. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> it's like, this could be solved so easily. Go beach someone off, my guy. I know. Um, <clears throat> I was not a Barbie child. I don't know if we talked about this. I was uh, not a doll child at all. It was 110% a book stuffed animal child. But if Mattel made a depression Barbie, like they have a joke of in the middle of this movie, I would be like, I would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I had a lot of Barbies. My brother and I played Barbies a lot. And I part of the joy of watching this movie was being like, I had that Barbie. <laughs> I had a lot of these Barbies. Um, including several of the discontinued ones, which was fun. So Oh my god, did you have the magic earring, Ken, the gay one? I sure did. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I sure did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So my next note is that there's something so beautiful to me that the like back the soundtrack of Weird Barbie's origin story is a Spice Girls song. It just feels. Oh my god! Didn't even so notice. <laughs> <laughs> Spice up your life. <laughs> oh, duh! I don't know how I missed that part. Um, yeah, that feels accurate. <laughs> right. And Weird Barbie could be the sixth Spice Girl. Honestly. I mean, yeah weird spice totally fits in i feel like there i feel like there is probably someone in the background of spice world that looks like weird barbie let's be mm-hmm. real <laughs> at that club for sure <laughs> club yes 110 <laughs> percent uh okay so i just have to say that there is something that feels just so perfect about like the one not original song that Ken is singing is fucking Matchbox 20. And I really can't articulate why it's so perfect, but it is. It's just like, yep, this is exactly the song that Ken would sing. What is, what is Winnie singing Push by Matchbox 20? Winnie, do you also <laughs> agree with me? <laughs> um, It is so good i think it's incredible and i actually i read about this like when i got home from the theater after watching this movie with my mask on everyone because there's a pandemic um because like the secondhand embarrassment for rob thomas the lead singer of matchbox 20 that i feel in my body when thinking about this movie i was like if I had written Push, I would 
go into hiding for the rest of my life after this movie came out. And so I was like, how d- I need to know immediately how he feels about it. Turns out, great. Apparently, very cool dude who's like, yeah, that song, problematic as hell. I have had really weird feelings about it for a very long time. That movie did a great job with it. Good That's job, Rob Thomas. Right? That's good to know. Yeah. Ugh. I remember that song was like on the radio because it was just a huge hit. I'm just like... Yeah, that music video was on VH1, like, all the time. Anyway, um, but part, like, when I was reading about it, because I feel like you expect in that scene for it to be Wonderwall. Like, why would it not be Wonderwall? (laughs) But when they were talking about choosing it, I feel like in interviews I read, they were like, you would expect it to be Wonderwall. And then they were like, but it, it it had to be push because the song is so fucked up (laughs) yeah i mean i think for the whole for the vibe of it which is the ken's discovering the patriarchy it makes like thematic sense for it to be push and not for it to be wonderwall yeah exactly uh yeah all right so my last thing here is that for some reason the fact that we learned that all of nsync is escaped atlan dolls (laughs) It's like, <laughs> so good. Again, just such a perfect, just a perfect line of the movie. It's so uh, good. And the fact that they're like, even that one. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, I know. So my last thing is that I feel like the last line of this movie made me laugh so hard. (laughs) And I feel like I was reading about like people who like didn't like that beat at the end of this movie. And I'm like, but that's, it's so funny. It's so funny. I completely agree with you. I saw, I tried to like, because I knew we would talk about this eventually. And I have this thing where I'm like, I don't want to know what anyone else thinks. I'm going to talk about this professionally. Um, So I like avoided a lot of Barbie like discourse after it came out. But I do remember seeing, seeing people talk about like, oh, this is like biological essentialism and whatever. And it, I just feel like it like so clearly isn't because it really is just literally like she used to be a doll with no genitals and like now she's a person so she has genitals like it's not deeper than that right yeah and it's entertaining because the level of her enthusiasm for going to the gynecologist is like oh sweet summer child you don't even know (laughs) right it's just her being like i'm a human now like it's not it has nothing to do with like what makes a woman it just is like the you know full realization of the fact that she's made of flesh now and has to do things like go to the gynecologist and for some reason she wants that i don't get it but like yeah you know yeah send me to barbie world for sure right now i mean honestly yes yes (laughs) i still don't know where the can sleep but like i will camp on the beach with them that's fine exactly Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I assume this whole section is just going to be about the white feminism of this movie, and also what it says about the patriarchy. I feel like I have, and maybe this could be editorial, so just let me know. I have a big section that's just sort of like, does this movie know what it's doing? Oh, hmm. That's a good question. I think that might also be relevant here. Because you mean in terms of, like, the capital M message, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it is political. Um, okay. So, yeah. But let's start. I think it makes a lot of sense to start with, like, white feminism. Okay. So I guess my biggest point, I think, just to sort of narrow it down, is the sort of structure of Barbie land. Where it's like, all of the ladies are in power, and everyone, all ladies get along. And it's like the Barbies versus the Kens, who are just like, they're off doing whatever. Like, we don't care about their, I mean, not I guess not like physical health, but like their emotional health, or like what they do, they're not around the Barbies. Like, who gives a fuck? And it's like, 
Um, the idea that like a world just run by ladies would somehow be better is just kind of like, but they're still recreating these like fucked up power structures, which is like kind of why just being like, we need more ladies in positions of power is fucked up. <laughs> Cause it's like that, that, that alone is not enough to like sort of, you know, be part of like the liberation of human beings. Right. Because we have to dismantle the systems themselves. Yeah. And I feel like, and the movie isn't, I feel because I feel like it is weird because I think what the movie says about like the patriarchy is actually much more cohesive, which is that it is a learned thing that hurts everyone and it fucking sucks. That's a great message, (laughs) especially in 2023. Like, holy shit. But yeah, I feel like that's sort of whatever their like feminist message is sort of very much like white feminism 101. It's, like, very, like, surface level, like... All of the women here in Barbie Land are equal, you know? We don't care about, like, race or ability or size or whatever. And I'm like, "Mm, that is not a very, very, you know... I'm like, yeah, but, like, the real world, real world feminism, a little bit more complex than that. But, like, I think that Barbie isn't trying to be a, like progressive feminist movie necessarily it does a good job for a mainstream film that like everyone basically saw and made like a billion dollars so it does pretty good in that regard but yeah i actually think that what you're talking about is basically exactly what i have in my notes is like (laughs) as does this movie know what it's doing because it's so complicated because it I think, and I don't know, I think that what it's trying to do is be like, look, Barbie world is reverse from our world, right? It's a, I guess, matriarchy, which is just weird to say because we think of that as only meaning like motherhood, which in and of itself is like a symptom of the patriarchy. <laughs> so, yeah. But like, so it's a matriarchy. It has the same, essentially the same power systems, except like we do see things like the president hangs out with, you know, the mermaids i don't like who is the like doing the least job i guess a mermaid's <laughs> job is also just beach so they're just yeah. basically <laughs> the same as cats right um and so all of a sudden we have like the kens as an oppressed class more or less and so it's like look we like flipped it and now we have to like think about it from this standpoint but this movie is existing in a world that is a patriarchy And so when it says, like, the, you know, the Kens have to be enough, like, they have to learn how to, you know, whatever, it ends up kind of being, like, nice guy apologist-y. And, like, I I just think that the message gets really muddied in a way that I find very confusing. Yeah, I find it very confusing. Like, I don't know completely how successful this movie is in the job that it set out to do and that is partly because i don't think i can tell from this movie what it is trying to do that said i think that it does a lot that's good even if i come away from it feeling sort of like did you need more people to read this script before yeah and like it's, it's also like hard to say because it's like obviously the irl ceo of mattel and those higher ups of mattel like had a hand in like what can and cannot be in this movie it does feel very smart to be like we're gonna be really mean to you but it's gonna be will ferrell and they're like <laughs> will ferrell play me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I kind of like wonder like how much that also affects between like trying to cr- cram in as much like digs at the patriarchy while right still existing in and having to still answer to a patriarchal billion dollar company. You know, that's like pr- right. that's very protective of their IP. But yeah, and I think that and like part of me is like so much just regressive bullshit is becoming popular again or at least people are openly speaking it i'm a little bit like it kind of feels weird but it's like i think for a lot of people this will be Mm. (laughs) eye-opening or like part of a like political awakening and that's just because the bar is in hell right now yeah i agree i mean i feel like 
I am glad that this movie exists. I think that a lot of the things that are said are very feminism 101. But despite the fact that, you know, we are mid to late 30s millennials who exist, the people that we see online are also adults interacting with this movie. It is the Barbie movie. It is rated PG. It is being seen by kids. And these are kids who are growing up in the same world that we live in. And so they're they are maybe hearing these messages for the first time. Yeah. Especially kids who have, you know, not woke parents. Yeah. If they're allowed to see that this movie, that is. Uh... Right. But like the chances that they're going to see it at a sleepover or that they were taken to the theater before their parents like read the reviews like this, I think could be really meaningful for a lot of developing minds and i'm glad that all of this stuff exists for that reason even though it's maybe not as nuanced as it would have been if say we had written this movie right do i think we would have done a better job yes as it is i think i'm glad that it exists we would have done a better job mattel would have never approved our version (laughs) of this movie (laughs) um yeah, apparently, apparently the Mattel CEO like wanted to cut out the part where Sasha calls Barbie a fascist, and so like the director, I think, got Margot Robbie to like to like they acted out that scene because they're like it looks different on the page, but it's actually really important to the scene, <laughs> and like they had to do that to like get this a like, good critique of Barbie, but as far as the harshness of the critique, pretty low. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and even then they're like you can't you can't call bobby a fascist and it's like oh but we did right so good for them for pushing for it yeah yeah it actually so you talking about how this is gonna be like that the possibility of this being an important film for like young viewers who are gonna like be watching and maybe right thinking about sort of feminism and like the patriarchy maybe for like the first time sort of reminded me of I was listening. I was listening to a podcast where they were re- they were talking about uh, Adam's family values, and how like the Wednesday Adams Pocahontas speech at the end of the movie that is like truly iconic is like uh, they were saying how like how many people learned about how whitewashed their history classes have been about Native Americans in the first Thanksgiving and learned it from Adam's family values like watching it right when they're like eight or something right and. And I feel like there's so many millennials and probably like Gen X folks where it's like that that is real. Like I maybe I didn't learn about how the US government and colonizers from England actually treated indigenous people until this this like two minute speech and <laughs> Adam's family values. You know? So these kind of things is important because like that that's also a family film. A very goth family film. But Right. Yeah. Right. Could it have been done better? Definitely. But if this helps a bunch of kids maybe not become conservative fascists, like, great. It's done its job as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. And I think that's where I, that's like my biggest roadblock that I run into when I think about it is because I think that this movie will help girls. And I don't know what message boys are taking from this movie. Like, because the nuance of... It's like our world, but reversed is that is that is big brain. That is grown up brain, right? That is not eight year old brain or Mm. 12 year old brain or potentially even 15 year old brain. And so I guess I kept being like, why is the Barbie movie so much about Ken and like Ken's emotional journey to like finding himself? And you really have to like be able to grasp a lot of conceptual stuff to be able to justify this movie being so much about Ken. And I really can't see a 10 year old boy coming away from this movie with any messaging other than like Ken deserved to be treated with more respect than Mm. he was being treated with because all of that stuff about what is it like to be a woman in America? That's just water off a duck's back you know this doesn't apply to me i don't need to take in this messaging the messaging that applies to me the hypothetical 10 year old boy is like 
what is Ken's emotional journey here, especially in a world where we are like, as a society, everyone is supposed to be able to identify with a white male protagonist and anyone who's not a white male protagonist, only people who have the exact same demographic as the protagonist are supposed to be able to identify with that protagonist. Right. So like, I that that I think that's where my like biggest snag with this movie is is being like I think it's sending the message that it wants to send to the people it's trying to talk to but what message is it sending to everyone who's not that demographic and I don't yeah know no that is an excellent point yeah I don't I don't know I don't know either because yeah it definitely seems like it could go in a not great way for boy children who are watching this um i mean at the very least though this is about to be a lot of gay kids gay awakening <laughs> and, totally <laughs> which i love for them um right. i mean i i do think that it's good that in the end it was like yes ken is friend zoned for the record friend zones don't exist but like you know ken is not desired back and he's fine that's good that's a good takeaway yeah yeah i do i do still think that not good on the follow through, but I think the idea that the patriarchy hurts guys too is an important, a very important message. So, and I feel like the line I found when I found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I lost interest is like <laughs> maybe one of my favorite lines in a movie ever. Like, <laughs> so good. it's so good. And yeah hopefully that will maybe um put some little seeds into developing brains about man the patriarchy does kind of (laughs) suck yeah it's not about horses and mini fridges are the worst (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah um on a totally different tack i do want to just say i was i know I'm trying to be as lenient as I can be with the knowledge of, like, what went into, like, all of the the, the hoops that this movie had to jump through just to exist. But, like, the idea that Ken, dressed like that, could go rollerblading in whatever year this is supposed to be and be like, I don't feel any threats of violence. I was like, sir, you are... 10 seconds away from being hate crimes. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I actively dislike that the movie would dare to suggest that you could go out looking that faggy and feel safe. Yeah. I mean, this movie, it is working real hard to stomp out the gay subtext and of what is happening. I don't know that I think that it's trying to stomp out gay subtext, but I think that bringing in homophobia probably felt too complicated when the point that they were trying to make is like, now that they're out of Barbie land, Barbie doesn't feel safe and Ken feels invigorated. Yeah. And to be like, actually, like (laughs) those construction workers honestly probably would have just skipped hitting on barbie and would have gone straight to just being absolutely awful to ken if they were together in that scenario is like way too complicated and like i personally would have just done something different about the clothes that he was wearing or literally anything to make it so that that just wasn't and, An yeah, issue. Yeah. No. Because I don't think it needs to be talked about in the movie, but I also don't think that it's a good idea to suggest that just being a man moving through the world inherently makes you safe and accepted. Yeah. And, like, I wonder if it reads differently if you're living on the coast of America, because it definitely live on re- the coast of America. <laughs> I mean... I was not to say there 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 isn't hate crimes on like either coast of America. You know, they're not the America is not that is not as liberal as anyone wants to think it is. But I just I guess I just wonder if that even maybe I wonder if it was kind of like it's California, whatever. Like Ken's fine. I'm like hmm, is he though? Yeah, I agree, but still 
I don't know. I just was like, that's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially because we get two gay guys being like, hey, at Ken. So it's like the movie is acknowledging how gay he looks. <laughs> exactly. Get up. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Welcome to the fashion section where we talk about aesthetics. So this is what I have at the top of my list that I think we should talk about first, which is just the entire design of Barbie Land. Yeah. Uh it it's perfect. I I want to be there. <laughs> Walkable communities. <laughs> There's a movie theater there. There's only one movie theater in the the borders of Detroit, and it is in a far corner of the city. So anytime I'm like, a movie theater near your house. Yeah, it's deeply tragic. I'm I'm always upset by it. wild. I know. Racism. I know. It's the worst. It is deeply upsetting to me, which is why I'm like, oh, man, there's a movie theater in Barbara. It's by the beach. Everyone lives in these, like, beautiful, like, MCM via Palm Springs pastel houses. I'm like... Uh, yeah, and just the like even in Barbie's dream stereotypical Barbie's dream home is just so many like I brought that lamp, I want the TV, this like dining room <laughs> set, it's like pink lucite. I'm like that would be literally five thousand dollars if that was real, like a real thing you could buy. Yeah. Uh. Mm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Totally, totally agree. Um. Everything is just so beautiful. And I feel like maybe this is the the place for everyone to get out their bingo boards and check the Lark Talks About Practical Effects box. Because I think a lot of what makes Barbie Land so gorgeous is that they built the set. Like, they made that exist in real life. Um, and, like, I just don't think if they had done this as CGI that we would have the same, like, heart eyes about it. It wouldn't look nearly as good. Yeah, I was reading that they even painted the like backdrop like the back horizon like you would do in a play which is like such an old school movie effect so it gives it kind of a like i don't know like classic hollywood musical kind of feel because like right there's all these outrageous props and like beautiful like set pieces it looks it looks so good and it's it looks so good it's gonna it's still gonna look good in like 20 years because it's a practical effect (laughs) yep exactly yeah, apparently a bunch of the details were, like, painted by hand. And I'm like, bless everyone of every single person who did that. You know, when you have the budget, that is exactly what you should spend it on. Yeah. Um, weirdly, my first thing here is, like, not any of the beautiful outfits. Honestly, I took so few notes. It, that, but the wall in the Mattel headquarters, CEO room, whatever... Well, like the wall that the door is in with the like rainbow semicircle that then like <laughs> continues onto the floor. I will never recover. I love it so <laughs> much. It is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it really has no right to look that great. It is very dreamy set design all over, honestly. It looks like. I can't, I don't remember right now if this is Tiny Toons specific or if this was like Warner Brothers overall, but I think it was Tiny Toons, like the end credits of Tiny Toons are this like concentric rainbow circle. It kind of looks like if you took that and put it on a wall and then turned it like at a 90 degree angle at the halfway point. Yeah. I think it was Tiny Toons because it was specifically, I think, a pastel concentrated rainbow circle. Yeah. Mm. It's so pretty. (laughs) Okay, what do you have um, I think to, this shouldn't surprise anyone, but all the Ken's dressed like homos and I want all of the outfits. <laughs> yeah, they look great. Oh my God. Yeah. Like all the things I'm like, this is just what, <laughs> this is just what, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how I didn't even describe all of the outfits, but they're just, it's just, it's like a mood board that I would make about like, what would my summer aesthetic be? yeah Uh, a lot a lot of the barbie stuff is really great too but i feel like the ken stuff is all really great and i think all the barbie stuff is probably really great for someone right but like as two queer trans masculine people 
it's like a specific subset of the Barbie stuff. And then sort of like all of the Ken stuff is like, yes, this is very good. Yeah. Like, I hope that there are a lot of trans mass people that are like fashion inspiration from Barbie. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, well, from Ken and also Alan, who is also just like (laughs) the most. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so queer coded. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So queer coded. Yeah. But um, like of the Barbie stuff, oh my God, that rollerblading outfit. And I think, did I have that? I feel like I had a like a lot of the really neon stuff because I have been me forever. So I was very picky about the Barbie clothes that I got and so it was never any of this like you know like the pastel checkered dress and like all of that sort of stuff was never part of my box of barbie clothes um but it was like you know the like neon pink with neon green swirlies and anything that looks like it would look really great under a black light I probably owned it as a child. I'm about to say, if it looked like it'd be a rug in an arcade in a mall in 1994. <laughs> right, exactly. That was that was exactly what I had. Yeah, I think my last sort of specific thing is just, to the surprise of no one, uh, weird Barbies, weird Barbies like pink jacket with the like tinfoil looking like shoulders with the combat boots. I'm like, flawless outfit. <laughs> Literally everything that Weird Barbie is doing is 10 out of 10. Truly. Her house of everything in Barbie land, the place I actually want to live in is Weird <laughs> Barbie's house. Uh, okay, my favorite part, I like literally just read this before uh, the recording. Apparently the inspiration for Weird Barbie's house is like a little bit inspired by the house in Psycho. Like it's supposed to be a little bit off-putting, but um, like it's one that has walls and a roof, so... <laughs> And also I am just not incredible. put off even a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just like, unless you're goth and you're like, yes, this house. <laughs> it is so gorgeous. I want to go paint weird, asymmetrical, curvy, brightly colored lines on all of my walls right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, her house is so great. And yeah, the addition of weird Barbie, excellent choice. My weird Barbie had a um, a buzz cut with that was lime green with like gold glitter glue sparkles all along it, and she wore a like GI Joe outfit that I stole from my stepbrother. She was very cool. I feel like someone is wearing that in a gay bar right now. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. If my weird Barbie escaped into the real world, she would have zero trouble finding her community. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I would like literally look at an entire, I don't know, Tumblr account of just like people's weird Barbies. I'm like, what an art project that would be. Yeah. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Uh, You should go first. Okay, so what I had sort of mentioned earlier about this being a family film is something that I just feel like we don't, that we don't get a lot of anymore is movies that have tiers of jokes that you get as you get older. And this movie is full of jokes that kids will not understand and then they'll grow up and be like oh my god (laughs) you know and but that adults will appreciate and i think that i don't know i just really miss that as a genre of movie and obviously the beat you off thing is the (laughs) pinnacle of that because like kids are going to be reenacting that on the playground and they will have no idea what they're doing they just think it's goofy and their parents know that it's hilarious (laughs) and in 10 years those same children will watch this movie and be like oh my god (laughs) we used to say that on the playground yeah and it's it's harmless i feel like we have lost as a society the knowledge that like dirty jokes that kids don't understand in kids movies are legitimately harmless and so i just 
am happy to see it here. I hope that it means that we're going to get a resurgence of movies that like kids and their parents can equally appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And I wonder if, I wonder if part of it is that, I guess I don't know how many live action family films are being made versus animated ones. Um, Cause obviously Disney has cornered a market on children's films and there's not going to be dirty jokes for adults necessarily <laughs> and like new Disney stuff, you right. know? And yeah, I mean, as far as movies go, the Barbie movie was probably the first PG movie I've seen in the theaters in literally years. Right, because really, aside from Disney movies, there's not a lot to draw adult audiences to things that are also being made for kids. I, I honestly think it's fairly safe to say that we don't make family movies anymore. We make kids movies and we make adult movies and that's it. And I I don't know. Things are weird. I feel like as a society, we've in a lot of ways gotten more conservative, like purity culture wise when it comes to what we're willing to expose our children to yeah and i don't want to be the like millennial over here like it was better when cartoons were animaniacs and tiny tunes (laughs) but i think that like i think there's probably a lot that's good about the cartoons and stuff like i haven't done childcare for five years i'm maybe five years out of date but the things that kids are being offered now i think there's a lot of benefit there's a lot about like you know knowing your worth it's sort of all become the pbs cartoons and we've lost like the nickelodeon and cartoon network i think is maybe a good analogy for my fellow millennials yeah yeah and i wonder if and i mean i think part of it is that I mean, big studios have always been trash about the kind of movies that get made and get released. But I think that in the past, like, 20 years, it's been, like, kind of extra trash. Like, extra just the safest bet, like, trying not to piss off, like, conservative moms who are going to go on the internet and complain about a movie kind of thing. And I feel that's pretty detrimental to us being able to, like, enjoy a diversity of cinema. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, just now it, it occurred to me that maybe what's happened is that Gen X and Millennials, we have grown up and we have found all of the things in the movies that we watched growing up. Because, you know, movies, VHS started in the 80s. Like, yeah. before that, you could watch a thing on in the theater or on TV, and then you might never ever see it again you know it was such a small thing and there there weren't there just wasn't as much being made and so we really are the first group of people who had things like family movies so what if it's the case that we grew up and parents are like shocked by the things that were in the movies they watched as children and don't want those things in the movies their kids watch forgetting that they didn't get those things when they were kids. Like, I can see having those feelings as a parent when you look back on the shit that you were consuming as a kid with your parents and being like, I could never let my kid watch that. Yeah. If you can't hold, because I think parents have such a hard time holding memories of childhood in a way that makes them able to like relate to their kids. And I think that also applies to being able to be like, but I didn't, but I didn't get that then my parents laughed and I didn't understand why. And I didn't understand why until 15 years later. And therefore my children will also not understand those things if they're in a movie. And so there can be movies that all of us like to watch together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's kind of like, it doesn't feel like a movie, like the Addams Family values to go back and what we were talking about earlier. Like, it feels like that would never be made just because of the level of jokes that maybe kids aren't going to get until they get older. And it's just like, oh, (laughs) I see 
right. now? What is happening? Because um, I feel like even the last time I watched Adam Family Values, I'm like, oh, a lot of things about Debbie and Fester's relationship, I feel like I just didn't even notice until like right now where I'm like, yeah, he, he is under a sexual spell, <laughs> which would be fine, except for the pastels, LOL. <laughs> right, exactly. I think that's exactly right. And I do genuinely think that there's, like, as someone who did childcare for 15 years, I think that there is genuine value in making media that parents want to watch with their kids. Like, things that you want to be like, we're doing pizza night on Friday and we're all going to sit down and watch a thing together. We're all going to be happy that we're watching it. Your parents aren't going to wish that they were watching TikTok or be watching TikTok, which, like... (laughs) parents your kids know and are up like my dogs are like get off tiktok you're supposed to be paying attention to me i promise you that children are like (laughs) why are you not watching this movie with me Mm -hmm. right so like i I don't know i think it matters i think we should be trying to make more things that everyone can be happy to be watching together yeah yeah i mean right more more intergenerational movies would be great and then maybe it wouldn't just be like my kids are watching their things on their Netflix account and I'm watching, you know, my things and it's just never the twain shall meet. Right. Exactly. All right. That's my big rant about that. Turns out I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> what do you have? Um, I feel like maybe it should have been another section, but... I have to say that it wasn't until literally the middle of watching this movie for the first time where I'm like, wait, was Margot Robbie Harley Quinn? Because I'm like, <laughs> she's doing such a, like, her acting chops. I'm like, this. wait, this is the same actress. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. She's yeah. doing a great job. <laughs> Truthfully, I think that the fact that the lead in this movie was the person who played Harley Quinn was the thing that tipped me to being like, I'm going to go to a theater for the first time since the pandemic started. Yeah. Because there's still a pandemic. Yep. Pandemic's still happening, everyone. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I And I hope that this gives her the... uh, capita in hollywood to be like we're making another harley quinn movie <laughs> yeah. um but yeah wow she does a great job <laughs> she just, really does just a plus just no that notes. fourth wall break when she's like ha- when barbie is having her moment of being like i'm not beautiful anymore and the like narrator is like a note to the directors <laughs> you cast the wrong person to make this <laughs> yes so good yep oh gosh (laughs) this movie has such a good sense of humor i don't know if we've said that yet straightforwardly but it really it really does it's so meta which is like exactly the hashtag ruthless favorite flavor of media it really it truly is it's the best that's the best kind of media uh, yeah, and that's like fucking Helen Mirren, I think, is doing the narration in this movie. Whoops, don't know who that is. Give me context. Um, shit, I don't know if I can think of anything that she's been in that you would see. Anyway, a very famous dame. Is she a dame? Very famous older actress. She's been in a lot of shit. I think in the past couple years, she's just been doing, like, whatever sounds fun to her. <laughs> nice. Good. Yeah, I think... The other movie she's been in recently is like the Fast and Furious movies because she's like, that just sounds fun. Write me in. And they're like, uh, obviously, yes, we will. Nice. <laughs> it's just That's like, great. It's just like, what? <laughs> live, live your best life. Yeah. I th- my only other thing here really was the stuff about Matchbox 20. Uh, but I do want to say regarding that scene where we have them playing the song, the reveal love a dramatic reveal we talked about this in dubs when they like pan out and like all of the kens are on the beach playing yes and the fact that we see mermaid ken has a ukulele i don't know why but that just like (laughs) broke me that's so funny yeah that because what else would a mermaid have besides a ukulele (laughs) okay i I feel like we'd be 
remiss without talking about the... There could have been a couple of small tweaks in this movie to make it a gay movie. Like, you already have Kate McKinnon, a.k.a. Weird Barbie, as your guide. She offers her the choice between a high heel and a Birkenstock, which, <laughs> besides being an obvious reference to, you know, uh, trans allegory, The Matrix, is just also just the choices between those two. I'm like... This is the most gay thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Were you as outraged as I was when we meet Weird Barbie and the first thing she does is talk about how hot Ken is? Because I was like, in what world? Yeah. Please. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> you don't cast uh, as obviously gay an actor as <laughs> Kate McKinnon. And then who is playing just the most outrageous party kid, like gay party kid. And just be like, I mean, maybe she's bi, whatever. But yeah, it was a little bit like, okay, this is here to make it seem less gay because... I mean, it felt like it was. It felt like it was just shoehorned in to be like, no, it's weird Barbie's not gay Barbie. Don't do that. It's like... Lies. They're weird Barbie. all gay Barbies. All, bar- <laughs> all Barbies are gay. Have you ever played with a Barbie? I know. I feel like the one thing that... I was like, if this was a different movie, there would be a scissoring scene because that's what everyone has done with Bar. I, I didn't even own Barbies and I've done that with Barbies, you know? So it's just like, right. anyway. Exactly. Uh, and then the Indigo Girls, like. <laughs> right? The Birkenstocks plus Indigo Girls combo. You're like, okay. Yeah, bar- Barbie's, Barbie's having a like queer, like a gay, a- asexual awakening in this movie. It's like she's on a journey. Yeah, Totally. Uh, and it's just, it's it's like almost there. And I'm like, all right, whatever, y'all. Yeah, and the fact that, like, obviously, I, well, I, I think that song is a song that's playing because it's a song that Gloria, her name is Gloria. The subtitles would not stop calling her, fuck, now I've forgotten the kid's name, Sasha. The subtitles only referred to America Ferreira as Sasha's mom. And I was like, she... Has a name. I, I was this also I was also confused about because I also had the captions on, and I'm like, why? What? She, yeah, she has a name. People say yeah, her name multiple super times. Weird. It's actually less <laughs> characters than Sasha's mom. It was so it'd make more sense in the captions to have said that. Yeah, especially because I think the first time it credits her that way is before we've met Sasha. <laughs> anyway but like that's a song that she really loves obviously i think that's why it's the one that's playing in the car um and she i just feel like has the pinnacle of like bi wife energy husbands who i think is america ferrera's actual no it is her actual husband (laughs) which makes it even funnier because right it's it's like (laughs) (sighs) and I mean, who knows if that's what he's life and like in real life, but like honestly, peak by life. <laughs> I, I think someone knew what they were doing in being like, you're gonna have just right, the most by wife energy happening right here. And it's like, yeah. yes, excellent writing, yeah. casting, directorial choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, I have one more thing. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about the movie, and I'm like are you you're familiar with the Velveteen Rabbit? I sadly, yes. And I'm like, this is a kind of a less depressing version of like the Velveteen Rabbit, where it's like a little bit about the power of love making a toy become a real living being. Yeah. And yeah, much less depressing, everyone. So much less depressing. No <laughs> one dies of scarlet fever. Is it yeah. scarlet fever? It's scarlet fever. Uh, but yeah, this is the, uh, less, the more upbeat feminist version of that story, (laughs) Uh, which I'm like, is this on purpose or am I just connecting dots that I mean, I think we could just as much be like, it's like Pinocchio. I feel like toys that want to become a real thing is probably as many iterations. Yeah. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. I just want to talk about the chemistry between stereotypical Ken and like his and rival Ken. <laughs> and just the like, 
I'm just like, all this like homoerotic tension, I think maybe you should just make out and then you wouldn't be rifles anymore. Go beat each other <laughs> up. What are you doing? <laughs> it's literally in the text. Yeah. And I think it's so funny, especially because his rival clearly gay as the day is long, as they say. Yeah. So like, what are you even competing over? Right. It feels like his rival is the like meme or whatever it is about how like what is it's like an snl skit i don't know where it's like gay men are are gonna steal your girlfriends like i think it's an snl skit where it's like yeah of course they're gonna steal your girlfriends we're gonna like go out to brunch with them we're gonna like (laughs) get mani petties with them they're like us so much more than they like you like that is the relationship that ken's rival is having with with barbie with any barbie yeah he does not want to stay over after the dance party. He he also is like, to do what? So... <laughs> we could just be like hanging out on the beach. Like, that sounds cool. Yeah. He's like, actually, I want to go back to the beach and make out with Shudigawa, which same. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the health and science section where we talk about mostly probably research for this movie. Yep, mostly some research, some trivia. I feel like since you brought up Shudigawa, uh, apparently, so I've, I did a lot of reading about this. So everyone he's in this movie, uh, he's a uh, one of the Kens who has like short bleached blonde hair. Fully half of the cast of Sex Education is in this movie. Yeah, I know. I like. I think I saw an article. There's like three different actors from Sex Education in this movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So apparently, he fa- he was filming this movie when he found out that he was being cast as a doctor, but like couldn't tell anyone until the news was released. Like a full two months into, sh- like it's like two months he's like <sighs> shooting and stuff. And it's like, I couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> and so everyone is like, well, not everyone, but I guess specifically Ryan Gosling, who's stereotypical Ken, is a big Doctor Who fan and was like so stoked about it. He like went and got a like bootleg 15th Doctor t-shirt to like wear on Instagram to like no, be like, I'm so, so glad. Cute. I know. <laughs> I can't deal with that. I know. He's like, and I'm like, that is the cutest thing and like yeah and like she did go and like commented and i guess russell t davis was like you know lol <laughs> i guess i won't sue you for royalties for <laughs> this bootleg fan created <laughs> doctor who t-shirt oh that's lovely yeah for all the listeners who are not doctor who people shooty is the next doctor this was revealed i feel like I feel like it was like two years ago. It's been so fucking long and he's not going to be a doctor until I think actually it might be next month. I'm unclear on when his first episode is, but like I know him from sex education and whatever. I was it Christmas day. I don't remember when they announced this, but I like was up and just like scrolling Instagram in bed because Evan was still sleeping. And I like saw that shooting got what was going to be the next doctor. And it was like 7am. I woke Evan up and was like, Eric from sex education is going to be the next doctor. And he was like, thank you so much for waking me up at 7am on a Saturday to share this news with me. And like, for the last two years, every time, like, you know, while it wasn't constantly in in the news, every time I would remember it, I would just get, like, so happy. Anyone who doesn't watch Doctor Who, just fucking start with the next Doctor. You will not go wrong. It's gonna be so... It's gonna be I so I know. I know. I'm, like, I'm, like, so stoked. Oh, it's gonna be so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, I don't know, it was, like, just fun to read about, like, his castmates being, like, oh, my God. <laughs> As they should. It's huge. Yeah. I have nothing here. It's all you. I was just, like, Jesse's going to give me cool information. So. All right. Okay. So, I'll start off with the the joke, the gag about Barbie becoming flat-footed as she becomes more real, more mm-hmm. existential angst Barbie. <laughs> is obviously such a great joke because for 
I learned until 2015, every basically every Barbie had the like tiptoe foot. I guess in 2015 they released a line of Barbies that had flat feet, and like maybe there are some flat feet Barbies now. I feel like I had a a gymnast Barbie that had flat feet. I had at least one Barbie. Yeah, it didn't sell. It didn't. From what I was reading, it didn't sound like every Barbie had like the tiptoe feet, but like most of them did. Yeah. So, so yeah. So maybe there could be Birkenstock Barbie after all. <laughs> we can only hope. Oh my god. All right, I have two more things, which is about some of the music in the movies. So the I'm Just Ken song, which is incredible. What an incredible sequence. Apparently someone, I can't remember who, like someone on the crew wrote the song as a joke. And they're like, this is so good. We have to actually put this in the movie. So they like <sighs> rewrote some scenes in order to fit in the I'm Just Ken song into the film. And I'm like, this is the best decision. Seriously, <laughs> that. <laughs> chef's kiss exactly how creative projects should work when someone has a great idea you fucking run with it right uh, okay and then the last thing which is i think specifically for our millennial and gen z listeners you may be asking yourself how the fuck did they, they not have the full barbie girl by aqua in this fucking movie legal reasons because of the huge legal battle between the record company that Aqua is under and Mattel, because they've been having this intense legal battle since that song came out. Wow. You know what's protected under the, what is, I don't remember what amendment it is, is fucking parody. That song should not be in any way questioned any more than like a single Weird Al Yankovic song is questioned, although... Please, anyone who's about to be like, he gets permission for all of his songs. I know that. Thank you. However, that song is very clearly parody. No, Yeah. So it, I did, because I was like, I was waiting. I'm like, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, they have to fucking use Aqua. If nothing else, but then to like vindicate Aqua from having sued them back in the 90s. Um, but that's why we only get a small sample in the song in the end credits, which is at least sung by Nicki Minaj. So I'm like, all right, that's the second person where it's like, you can't have... Barbie Girl by Aqua, you fucking have to have Nicki Minaj. But there's like an actual sample of that song, which means that royalties are being paid to Aqua for the Nicki Minaj song. That's so confusing. I mean, I don't know. Record companies are such bullshit. Maybe this is a better way of getting them, of legally getting them royalties from this movie, which I'm like here for. Yeah, no, that sounds like something that could be like a legal workaround. So, yeah. Yeah, I I feel deeply embarrassed by this. Someone had to tell me that the reason that Nicki Minaj fans are called Barb's because it's short for Barbie. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I did not know that, so. Like, a lot of her earlier work, she, like, references being Barbie um, because she has, she's very curvy and she was very into that iconography. Sorry, people who are more to Nicki Minaj are probably like, no. But uh, I at least know that she is has a deep affinity with, to, with Barbie and mentions that in multiple songs. So, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Good. Um, I'm glad that someone's dreams coming true, which is like having her sing one of the Barbie songs. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, cool. This was lovely. What a good conversation. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Please join our Patreon. Everything's in the show notes. And until next time. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.